And a lot of people think that that's enough. You pull all those pieces together. You have a great video. You have great perks. You get your social media running. You've got all your graphics. And boom, you put the campaign up. Then what? Then you wait, right? No. <laughs> that's when all the work starts, right? Right. That's when the real work starts. Now you're in production. The yeah. other stuff was pre-production. You're listening to Inside Acting, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the inner and outer game of success in the entertainment industry. I'm AJ Meyer. And I'm Trevor Algott. And coming up in episode 205, oh man, have we got some good stuff for you guys. I sit (laughs) down for part two of my chat with actress, producer, and crowdfunding guru Leah Savoli, in which we talk all about crowdfunding. And it's not just how Sean Astin, and yes, that Sean Astin, kickstarted her crowdfunding consultation business i do see what you did yeah, cool. <laughs> but it's also all about how she's grown and refined her methodologies to raise some two million dollars for well over a dozen consecutive successful campaigns the woman knows what she is talking about so if you want to hear step-by-step crowdfunding goodness from a professional including her five tiers of crowdfunding gratitude and why your campaign is your production's calling card then this interview is an absolute must listen Support for this episode of Inside Acting comes from VO2GoGo.com, the award-winning voiceover training system and winner of Backstage's Reader's Choice Award for Best VO Training four years in a row. Visit VO2GoGo.com slash start for a free getting started in voiceover online class that'll help you add voiceover to your acting portfolio. That's VO, the number two, GoGo.com slash start. What's up, AJ? Good to have you back. Yeah, man. So you were off doing this callback for Blacklist. So so what's the good word, dude? I'm so conflicted because I was like, I want you on the episodes, but, you know, this is an awesome thing going on. So what's the good word, dude? What what happened? Um, How did it go? So uh, I didn't book it, but I was so close. Uh, It came down to me and one other guy. Which is epic in and of itself. Uh, definitely have booked that office. And not only that, but I I, I heard um, the feedback that my agents got were that not only did I make a fan of the office, but I made a fan of the director. Mm-hmm. Um, which is so cool because this is the first time, I think, that I've been in a callback where there was the actual director of the episode in the callback. So that's huge. You know, there are so many factors in, in, in this in this business, and we have talked about this kind of stuff on the podcast before. But the part that I was going out for, the character, his sister and father were both characters in the same episode. So if if I didn't look like the sister or the dad that they liked that they wanted to cast, that it could have very well come down to something like that. Right. Um, right. And I'm not saying that to like make excuses. I'm just saying, I'm saying that to 
continue to tell myself a helpful story that like I did my job, I did it well. And that was the feedback that I, that I ended up getting. My agents called me and they were like, this show is going to happen. It's just a matter of time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you did a great job. You made fans of everybody. We were so close. Essentially, hang in there. <laughs> Dude, that, that's, <laughs> you know? that's great. So if the show is going to happen, you book the office. And if they got you on a short list somewhere, what, how's it going to work? Because you're going to be in L.A. in like two weeks. Yeah, so uh, that is a question that I've had for not only myself, but my manager. And I guess my manager had a question or, uh, you know, uh, had a uh, call, rather, a conversation with my agents where she asked, you know, similar questions. Um, Because I I would still love to work with my agency here. The problem is they, they do cover Los Angeles. They don't, they just don't have the same types of relationships in, in LA. So I'll be looking for coverage in Los Angeles, but in the meantime, they're going to continue to submit me in, in LA as well as New York. I asked my manager, I was like, you know, I, it's, we live in like the put yourself on tape day and age, you know, can I continue to audition for this stuff by just, you know, doing self tapes? The, the, the tough part will be callbacks. Cause I think that if the production company, whether this is for theater or film and television, if the production company is willing to see something that I do on tape, then then I can do the initial, the initial audition. Mm-hmm. The, but the callback is usually something they want to see you for in person. I mean, unless they're willing to either do some kind of Skype session with you or maybe give you notes and have you put yourself on tape a second time. Right. That was my, my question because it's not terribly common that people are cast off of self or, uh, tape sub, self-taped submissions. N- usually they want right. to see you in person, right? It's rare, but it does it does happen. Uh-huh. I mean, it's 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 fair. you're right, and then I think it's rare, but but it does happen. I mean, it happened with you know. I think Ryan McCartan told a story about how he was cast off of a self tape. That's awesome. Um, when um, when he was on the podcast, yeah. So and, and they, it, they it, I'm sorry to cut you off here, but they they've seen you now. They know you. You've been in front of them physically, so they know what your presence right. is like, what your height is like, what your like. They know all that stuff now. So. So they conceivably could just just be like, have AJ put himself on tape for formality's sake, but we already know he's gonna he's gonna be this guy in this episode. Right, right, exactly. Okay. They, they, you know, now that I've made you know the fans of of if fans of them, if they say you know here's some sides, put him put him on tape so that we can show it to them because you know they it's television. So there's different directors for every episode, so it may just be a matter of like showing the tape to the director so that the director can say, oh yeah, yeah, yeah like, he's great. We can definitely use him for whatever. And then the 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 other stipulation of like working in New York, which I kind of figured was going to be the case anyway, was you know my manager said, look, I know you can find places to stay in new york but you're probably going to have to put up the the money for a flight if if you were to you know book something or or need needed to work in new york and i said yeah i kind of already figured that and she said well if if that's the case then 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 um headline which is the name of my agency is totally willing to continue you know working awesome man so it was it was great news all around and 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 at this point it's like who knows what's going to, <laughs> you know right, right. um but 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 the but the move is here it's happening we are sitting in a in a forest of boxes <laughs> um it's happening one way or another 
That is so exciting. Yeah, you're out of you're out of there in like what a week or two. Uh, yeah. So we're recording this on Monday, so it'll go live Tuesday. So in four days from the date this goes live, we'll be leaving because we're leaving on Friday. Oh my god! Wow, awesome, man. Well, I'm excited to have you guys back. We're gonna have a pizza party. We are gonna have a pizza party. I'm so excited. <laughs> Trevor's homemade pizza that he's been posting on Instagram and making uh, Jasmine drool. Oh, it is so good too. You guys have no idea what you're in for. It's great. Yeah, man. What, what's uh, what's going on over there in the West Coast? In my personal life, uh, I've been doing a lot of writing, really drilling down and and having fun writing. Um, and anybody who's listening to this who writes, and I'm sure you and Jasmine have experienced the same thing, AJ, it's like uh, writing is like a lot of work and like really nothing to share about. There's like nothing to talk about until it's done. <laughs> it's not going to be done until it's done. Can I give you a piece of news to talk about? Because I just remembered that two episodes ago we had to cut some big news for, for time Right? Or did yeah. you leave the, the announcement itself in? I don't remember hearing it yeah. uh, when I listened back to the episode, but y- you have like a big, something huge coming up uh, at the end of next month. Yeah, I, I did cut it for time, so this will be the first time our listeners will be hearing about it, but I was accepted to the Climate Reality Leadership Corps in Yeah, Miami. you were. It's a training, it's a three-day training program that's kind of led by Al Gore, and I know that some people love Al Gore and some people hate him. Uh, whatever you think about the man... Um, He's right. <laughs> the, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. But he and like the rest of the world's scientists uh, know a thing or two about a thing or two. And the, the climate is uh, in bad shape and humans are to blame. And so this training is for people who want to kind of step up and take a leadership position in their communities uh, on the climate issue and work, you know, enroll people to work together to solve the climate crisis. So I'm really stoked about that. I'm going to be heading down to Miami at the end of September, beginning of October for about a week. And I'm just going to go through the training and and uh, and start, you know, start some leadership action on that front. So I'm, I'm really excited. It's something I feel very passionate about. And um, I have a few thoughts for how to sort of implement, you know, the information that I anticipate I'm going to be picking up. Sometimes this can be frustrating because I feel like the solutions are all out there. It's yeah, just a matter yeah. of like getting all getting us to focus our time, energy, and resources on on putting them together. Because like we, at this point, we've talked on this podcast alone, we've talked about solar roads, we've talked about <laughs> sucking carbon out of the atmosphere, we've talked about you know different kinds of transportation, like alternate modes of transportation, mm-hmm. like we, we, you know, it comes up a lot not only because you know you are uh so you know focused on it but also because like we together and our this community that we've built is like we're we're it's like a group of good people who want you know humanity to last longer than it's going to right now <laughs> like yeah um so uh, it's just it's just funny to to think like well it's all there if we could just pull our heads out of our butts long enough to, you know, execute. Yeah, exactly. And that's what the Climate Reality Leadership Core training is all about. It's all about how to speak to people and how to exercise different storytelling tactics uh, in a way that makes it a personal issue. Because it is a personal issue. It, at the end of the day, it's a people issue. It's about quality of life. It's about displacement. It's about, uh, you know, poverty and food, uh, food uh, crop yield and, and, you know, things like that. It, it's gonna, it, it, it already is affecting every facet of our life and right now like 
if we don't handle this issue like quickly, and I mean like in the next five or ten years, if there isn't massive action taken uh, to sort of curb the effects of this, if we just keep going about our day and watching Netflix as if nothing's wrong, um, like the time we live in right now is going to look like just like a picnic. You know, it's going to be nothing. We're going to see a lot of problems, and I'm not just pulling this out of my ass. I I've done a lot of reading and studying on this kind of thing, and I don't have any scientific credentials but i don't think you need scientific credentials to see what's in plain sight and the information's there and there's a lot of naysayers and i hope they're right but i'm not convinced that they are <laughs> so uh i'm convinced with what the 97 percent of the scientists are saying actually it's more than 97 percent of scientists now it's much closer to 100 percent of scientists around the world agreeing that this is a major problem. And actually they say we're in the middle of the fifth great die off the planet has ever seen the fifth great mass extinction. The last one being when the Siberian traps erupted and spewed, oh, I don't know, shitloads of carbon and methane in the atmosphere. And it killed off 96% of all life on the planet in short, in, in short order. And uh, we're actually, we're actually beating the rate of methane and carbon into the atmosphere that that, put into the atmosphere so it's uh it's a serious issue and it's easy to pretend it doesn't exist but it does exist and i'm going to go to miami and learn how to make a difference <laughs> sorry i was just trying to like lend some levity to the i know this, the, the, like immense sadness that that i know i know you know what? let's totally change the subject uh let's talk about how how in just a few short weeks on monday september 14th our boys over at inner image media in collaboration with rapid reels are hosting a launch party for their brand new series real talk i think you guys probably remember me talking about this in the last episode uh, i'm gonna talk about it again because it's awesome and i really really hope to see everybody there real talk is an online youtube series it's a video series it's an entertaining and informative sit down q a that focuses on the career ins and outs and personal ups and downs of aspiring and established talent from every corner of the entertainment industry and I had the immense pleasure of being uh, one of the first guests on the show in the first season. And uh, they are—they want to point out to our listeners that the series itself was actually partially inspired by this very podcast. This very podcast. So we're making a difference. How cool is that? Uh, the launch party is being held at the Majestic Nightclub General Lee's. It's located in the heart of Chinatown in downtown LA, and there's going to be a special guest appearance by actress Jessica Clark of True Blood fame, a live performance by breakout hip-hop artist Cognito. I don't know who that is. I'm excited to learn more about this. He's breaking out, man. Breakout live hip-hop artist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the whole thing is, the whole shebang is sponsored by both us and the LA Actors Tweet-Up. The official series launches on Tuesday, September 15th at Real Talk Online, but it'd be great to see everyone at the launch party the night before. That's going to kick off at 7 p.m. on Monday, September 14th in downtown LA. So for more details, or if you just want to RSVP, uh, check out the Real Talk Facebook page. Anyone that RSVPs will get raffle tickets to win prizes, and those prizes include a free scene from Rapid Reels. Pretty freaking awesome. I, I espoused, uh, spouted off about that in the last episode, so... You guys, it's no secret that I think that that's a fantastic thing to put your name in the drawing for. The Facebook event page can be found at bit.ly slash realtalklaunchparty. That's bit.ly slash r-e-e-l talklaunchparty. I hope to see everybody at General Lee's 7 p.m. on September 14th. I'm done.
done that's it that's it be there be there be triangle yeah and you know while i'm while i'm on this talking thing i went from climate to launch parties to rehearsal too it's the app for actors hey if you guys want to learn your lines if you want to be off book for your auditions or if you just want to explore your character and make stronger choices you can use an awesome app on your iphone or ipad called rehearsal 2 you can download it right now at rehearsaltheapp.com slash download and do yourself a huge solid in the process rehearsaltheapp.com slash download all right so we have all of a sudden out of nowhere everyone decided to drop us uh, voicemails which we love <laughs> um we have um actually several voicemails that we've gotten into the podcast lately and we want you all to know that that who, people who sent them in that we got them we received them and they are juicy they are a lot to bite off so what we've decided to do is we're actually going to table them for the next episode and what we're going to do is just do another one of those episodes where we focus um our, uh, our, our, the first part of our bookends entirely to essentially listener questions. We'll do like maybe like a quick catch up and then just dive into at least two, if not three, of these uh, voicemails that we've gotten recently. So if you sent in a voicemail recently, stay tuned. Uh, they are coming, um, but in the interest of giving them their due and making sure we have enough time to to dive deeply into them because they are deep um we're gonna uh we're gonna do them all together on the on the next episode awesome yeah i'm excited to dig into a few of these there's some really um big questions being asked why don't you uh kick us into this uh, interview brah since you're the one who uh, who got a chance to sit down with leah so you remember how a few episodes ago we had this great like point by point walkthrough of what to sort of handle as you're putting your short film or your feature film or your web series or whatever it is you're putting together brandy shared a few episodes ago a very step-by-step sort of methodology to how to make it happen and I just thought it was pure gold. And I know a lot of our listeners wrote in and chimed in on Twitter and stuff and said, that was great. Thank you so much. I feel like there's zero ambiguity now about how to go about doing this thing that before seemed so daunting. And I'm proud to say that today we've got another one of those for you. If you are looking to crowdfund anything whatsoever, this interview segment is just it's just it's not even gold it's like platinum it's like better than gold it's amazing it is <laughs> it's just it's it's just you know nuts and bolts step by step here is how you do it here are the things you handle here are the things to pay attention to here are the apps that you use here are the here's the sort of order that you want to thank people in and here's how to do it and what to consider it's oh my god it's just great so uh get ready get your notepads out and enjoy part two of my chat with Leah Savoli.
So tell us about your connection with Sean Astin and what that mentorship relationship has been like. Um, I met Sean, actually, and this will segue into crowdfunding nicely. Um, Helena Santos, who's one of my best girlfriends and the founder of Ms. in the Biz, uh, invited me to come to a, an event she was going to that Sean was speaking at um, about a crowdfunding campaign he had just launched. And so we went, and he was up on stage being interviewed, and there were just some things that weren't driving well, particularly with Helena. She's like elbowing me the whole time, like, why haven't they done this first campaign yet? And you, you do that. And why haven't like, just kind of like elbowing me of like, we need to help this guy. So he, he was presenting on his campaign, trying to generate interest. Or he, he was, was... Um, a part of a Q and a where they were talking about his current campaign that was running and he had hit his goal already, but he had 10 days left and he hadn't gone past very far past his goal. And it's Sean Astin. Right. So, right. and they just said a few things like uh, one of the things they had said was, and now, you know, we've got 10 days left, uh, the company that was helping him. Now they were like, and now we're going to start reaching out to some press. And Helen is like, what? Now they're going to start reaching out to press. Leah would have been reaching out to press weeks ago. Things like that. Uh-huh. Um, and so, you got to talk to him, you know? So I just went up to him afterwards and I, and he tells the story a little bit differently. Um, but I went up to him. <laughs> Caveat. <laughs> he tells the story a little bit differently, but I went up to him just to introduce myself. And I said something along the lines of, look, I do this. I've crowdfunded. You can do this. Just do A, B, C, and D and you'll, you'll get there. And at that point he said, how do I hire you? And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not trying to get involved in this. I just, if you do A, B, C, and D, you're, you're going to get there. And he's like, no, no, no. How do I hire you? And he pulled me aside. Wow. We sat down right then and there. And I said, well, I can handle a Twitter. And he said, how much? And I quoted him a very low figure because there was only 10 days left in the campaign. And he starts pulling bills out of his pocket. And he's like, All right, I've got half of it with me. Oh my God. He just gave you cash. He just on the gave spot. me cash right on the spot. <laughs> And Helena and I walk away and she's like, oh, you could have totally got more money than that. But, you know, there's 10 days left and it was Sean Astin. And so um, it took a couple days and I really just won over his trust. Um, I was invited up to the house to meet his wife and his family and just kind of won over their trust um, because he had been doing the whole thing on his own. He had been running the Kickstarter page. He had been running his Twitter. He had been running its Vox Populi Radio, a bipartisan political radio talk show that he hosts and produces. And so this funding was for the second season. And he was doing the Facebook alone, his Facebook alone, his personal Facebook alone, his personal Twitter, that Twitter in addition to being a husband with three children who is currently shooting the strain and flying up to Vancouver every other weekend, who's currently a voice of Raphael on Nickelodeon's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, who currently flies to conventions every other weekend. And he was doing all this on his own. And um, there was a team waiting to be formed. And I think that's probably one of the most important things I did for him was as I started to go through his messages and his Kickstarter emails, there were people volunteering to do this for him and that for him, but he had so much going on, he couldn't really vet those people and follow through with them. And so I started to vet these people that had already reached out and we had 10 days left. We raised another $34,000 in 10 days. Wow. And by the end of it, if you look on that page, you know, he lists the team and there's about eight faces by the end of it and they had just been sitting there waiting to be told what to do you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. and um so through the course of that you know it's a very int- it was a very intense 10 days um and I remember when the campaign ended um Sean calls and I thought I was going to get this big like thank you and congratulations 
And instead, he's like, this is what you need to be doing. You need to start this company. You need to act like an executive. You're amazing at this. And this is a lifelong actor telling me this. And I was like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I've been in LA for like 13 years now. I'm an actor and I'm in SAG and, and I've done all this stuff. And this is just this crowdfunding thing. It's just this thing on the side that people are having me do. And, and no, no, no. And he's like, so you'd rather play the lottery every day? He's like, because that's what acting is. He's like, this is where your money is. You do this. You focus on this and I was like no 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 and so over the course of the past two years um Sean has been one of my biggest cheerleaders in seeing me put this crowdfunding together more as a business and he's he's I mean he's helped me with contracts he's looked over for things and he's just really given me the confidence um knowing that if Sean thinks I'm worth this much money to to pay and to hire and he's referred me to other projects we we did remember the sultana together which is this amazing civil war documentary that's in post-production right now we raised one hundred and eight thousand dollars um and mark marshall who used to work with steven spielberg he was pretty much he calls himself he was the babysitter on the set of the goonies so he was in charge of sean and Corey and all those guys he's got great stories he, he's got a story about babysit or chaperoning drew barrymore and Corey feldman on like a date they went to at the mall and stuff like that right <laughs> and so he ended up That's producing um, some free, the free willy movies and he was a producer on one of the harry potter movie and, and so anyway this is a passion project that he's been working on for 13 years and he launched a kickstarter last year for Sean sends me an email and he goes, look, this is basically family. He tells me the backstory. Can you help this guy? And I looked at the Kickstarter and I said, no, he has to cancel it immediately. And Sean wrote to him and said, Leah said, you have to cancel it. You need to cancel it. You need to come up with this, this X amount of money to hire her and her team and anybody she says to. And what, boom. Why did he need to cancel it? What was? Uh, it was their goal was one hundred and fifty thousand dollars at the time, and they were like two and a half, three weeks in, and had only raised five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. I didn't even, I didn't even hit play on the video. Like I can look at a campaign and within thirty seconds tell you whether or not you're going to make it. Okay, so so how many you've you've done like dozens of these campaigns I now and you've I've, raised collectively I've, like a million plus dollars for yeah, people. Yeah, I think it's more like 2 million plus at this point. Uh-huh. Um well what ended up happening like like I said with Sean at that point I was still in the like no no no, I'm just I'm an actor phase. And but referral after referral after referral after referral and at first I was like getting these emails saying, "Hey, uh, you know, Mark Gant says you're this amazing crowdfunding manager." And I'm like, why didn't Mark Gant say I'm an amazing actor? <laughs> and I was really feeling this like really weirdness around it all. Mm-hmm. And it started off with just these one-hour consultations, which I call a coffee chat, which started from me wanting to not no longer be this poor, struggling actor. So about two and a half years ago, I put up a PayPal button on my website. I was charging $30, and it was, hey, pick my brain on voiceover, on hosting, on whatever you want to pick my brain on. And 90% of it started being crowdfunding, 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 crowdfunding. And I realized I could no longer just do these hour consults or in the trenches like I did with Sean, management, so I had to create different packages. So now I have consultation levels, I have various coaching levels, and then I have the in the trenches management. And I'm really selective about who I take on in that capacity. One, you're spending like six weeks of your life with this team, right. you know, so you have to enjoy the project. It has to be something that you would 
feel well being associated with and I don't like to lose. So I actually just lost my first Kickstarter last week. I think I've done 16 Kickstarters that I've managed fully and this is the first one that didn't hit its goal. Okay, so rewinding back yeah. to why uh, you advised this guy to cancel his campaign, yeah. what was missing? Or, or what, what if it was so Was it so dire that you were just like, this is a lost cause? Like, what, yeah. t- Tell us about that. Yeah, because with your campaign... Especially if you're setting with Kickstarter, it's all or nothing, right? Indiegogo, you can still get it, but why would you want to just half ass anything, right? So I could tell there was no preparation involved at all. At the time, you know, he's an older man, you know, he'd worked with Spielberg back on Goonies and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And at the time, he didn't even have a Twitter page. Well, I think he did have a Twitter, but he had like five followers or something like that. So we canceled it and we spent three months regrouping. We spent three months building up his Twitter, teaching him how to use Twitter, how to use social media. We spent three months crafting emails of personal outreach that you're going to... My advice to my clients is that on day one, they should already have 100 emails drafted and ready to go. And by personal emails, not a MailChimp, not a mailing list, but dear Trevor, uh, you know, saw that you just celebrated your 200th episode of Inside the Actors Podcast, Mm. congratulations, and then go into why I'm reaching out to you so that you know I took at least five minutes of time to look at your Facebook page. I I just want to stop you right there because I think that is the most powerful and the most lacking uh, thing in in the world today. I mean, Mm -hmm. just like... I can't even tell you how many times people have reached out to me with a clearly copied and pasted message that was like, hey, gimme, 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 gimme. And I just kind of was like, it just makes you feel like a number or a Mm -hmm. barcode or like just a a dollar sign to people. But the people that have reached out to me and been like, hey, Trevor, and they included something personal there or they called me on the phone Mm -hmm. and it wasn't just a text. Like they actually Mm -hmm. called me and, and we chatted for just a few minutes. Oh my God, I would give them all my money. Right. Because I felt valued as an individual. And I think that is, it, 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 it still blows my mind. Every single time somebody runs a crowdfunding campaign yeah. and I get one of those generic form, copy pasted yep. email blasts, I'm like, why should I care? Exactly. Why? Like, why, I feel used. Exactly. If, if I don't care to take the time to see what's going on in your life, why are you going to give me five bucks? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yes, a part of it is co- going to be copied and pasted. You know, sure. the, the, the other part that I recommend is that then you give somebody the actionable steps mm-hmm. because not everybody knows what crowdfunding is. Besides the fact we're super, super busy. So if I open up an email and it says, step one, go to www. Step two, click the green button, make a safe, secure transaction, like spell it out for the person yeah. so that when I open up this page, whether it's Kickstarter, Indiegogo, Seed and Spark, GoFundMe, you know, and so craft it to whatever platform you're using. But so that when I open up that email and that page, I can go, oh, I'm going to go to the red button. Okay. And right. Then, you're working off a list and yeah. you don't have to, you as the, as the recipient, you have to use your brain at all. No. You're just following the instructions. Make it as easy as possible. So I could tell this gentleman hadn't done those kinds of things. Um, And it sounds like he didn't even have an online presence. No, he didn't. He didn't. So you you took him back to like social media 101. Started over. uh, We redid the video. We got Sean into the video because Sean's an executive producer on the project. Um, I brought my video editor in. I brought a girlfriend of mine that's an amazing graphics editor in, and we just kind of built the team. because what pe- most people don't like realize about the crowdfunding is it's a production in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And how yeah. you run your campaign lends itself to the fact of how you're going to run your film production or your, or your book or your album or whatever it is. You know, I've worked not just film, but I've worked with books. I've worked with albums. I've worked with, oh gosh, uh, a clothing line, um, a comedy album, you know, mostly film, 
theater, I've done a few theater, which theater are the hardest, in my opinion, to do because only the people that live in that location are going to be able to take the perks for tickets and stuff. So you have to be really creative about what else can we offer people that won't ever get to see this. Um, So, Actually, (laughs) one thing that I thought was so effective about a campaign, I either saw it or heard about it. It was a couple years ago now, so I can't quite remember. But it was like a theater type thing. Mm -hmm. And so it was very sort of geographically limited in terms of the perks and whatnot. But I think one of the rewards was like, if you donate at this level, you will get a personal video of so-and-so eating a muffin in your name. (laughs) And that tier blew up. It was like 20 bucks. And this guy just took, you know, a couple weeks to make these videos. And he'd just look at the camera and be like, Brian... This muffin's for you. And then there'll be five minutes of him eating a muffin. And I can't tell you how extremely popular and successful that was. And that was by far the single thing that put them over the top. It was. It's the creativity. Um, yeah. I know on, on one of my campaigns, the $3 level, which was, I, I believe it was actually Sean's Vox Populi campaign. The $3 level was a, was a PDF of just kind of behind the scenes and how it all came together and how the team came together. And there was like 280 some people took the $3 level. Um, right before I came here, I was on a consultation call with a client who's building her campaign and she wanted me to look over the rewards and they were way too high. I mean, she had the t-shirt at $150. She had to like have a walk on featured role at like 2,500, something like that. I want to say. And I I said to her, I said, look, I said, first of all, as an actor, those kinds of rewards kind of bother me because why am I going to pay to be an extra in somebody's film? But there are people out there that don't live in Los Angeles that will enjoy that experience. But no one knows you. You're an unknown filmmaker with an unknown project. If you're Angelina Jolie and you're asking $2,500 for a feature to walk on, yes, but you're not. So let's bump this down to like 100 you know. And, and she took the advice, you know, and she absolutely, you know, didn't argue. Hmm. And, um, but back to the creativity thing, I don't know if you saw Helena's campaign for The Infected. Yeah, I, I, okay. I supported so it. What, I don't what yeah. pushed Helena over the edge was she was banging her head. I mean, and they, they, you know, she had a consultation with me before they launched, and they did their graphics, and, and they were doing horror trivia like every other day, and the campaign was sharp, but it wasn't moving. And how she finally got it to move, as a joke, she put up on like her Facebook status with maybe like four or five days left in the campaign. All right, anybody that donates $10 or more, I'll sing you your favorite song, jazz style, because she's an incredible jazz mm-hmm. singer. Yeah. And people started taking it. And it was one after another after another. And so for like a week after the campaign ended, she was still posting jazz songs that she had like commitments to because it had nothing to do with a horror movie. It had nothing to do with zombies. But people wanted her to sing like, okay, hey, can you sing Purple Rain jazz style? You know? And she, okay. And then she'd tag them. Here's your song, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think I threw her a Madonna song or something. I think I donated a couple extra times just to get a couple songs in there, you know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Creativity <laughs> yeah. works. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And then following through on on, on those deliverables. That's a whole I, other I've thing. supported a few campaigns that I, you know, it's been a couple of years now and I haven't mm-hmm. gotten the, the perks. And that's, you know, I don't really care. It, it really wasn't about the perks for me. Yeah. But at the same time, there's that little, that little sort of like taint to the whole Absolutely. experience where I was like, uh, you know, you didn't, Absolutely. you weren't, you didn't, you weren't true to your word. Well, things happen, right? We know that. Um, I, I actually am really proud to say that I can count, let's see, Night Visitor, Nightmare Cold. Did you, did you uh, manage the Night Visitor campaign? Yep, Sultana, awesome. um, Wedding Invitation, Nowhere Land. 
I would say, out of the, like I can, that's just six off the top of my head of campaigns that I managed in the past two years that are either in some form of post production or have already had a screening and have either gotten their fulfillment out or are starting six that mm. I can just name off the top of my head. So, because additionally, sometimes the film doesn't even get made. So, I'm really proud of the fact that the clients that I've worked with are actually completing what they're saying they're doing. But just as a side note, I went out on a date about a year ago. Let's talk about dating for a second, as it's a big theme in my life. Um, I went out on like an OkCupid date about a year ago. And I'm going to do a really bad French accent. But um, this guy picked me up on his motorcycle. He was French. And we went to dinner um, at the Arclight in Hollywood. And then we were going to go see a movie. And so we're at the little sushi place. And, you know, we're having dinner. And uh, one of the waiters comes over. He's an actor. He recognizes me. We had classes together. And he's like, Leah, you know, what are you doing? He's like, I saw you're doing, like, a bunch of Kickstarter stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've been managing some crowdfunding stuff. And he walks away. And my date says, oh, oh, I hate Kickstarter. I hate all that stuff. And I was like, like, oh, why? Well, I had the most popular video game Kickstarter campaign ever. We broke Aussie records, and I just hate that site. And I was like, well, what do you mean you hate that site? Well, I, I, I haven't done my fulfillment yet, and so everybody just leaves me nasty comments. And I was like, well, when was your campaign? And right, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, this is the worst thing a date could be telling me right now, yeah. right? Because my like morals around crowdfunding are so high. Yeah, I kind of want to coach this guy. Right? Yeah. It's like, oh, no. And apparently his campaign was like five years ago. And he still hadn't done the fulfillment. And he's like, well, the Chinese, they stole my money. And I was like, the the Chinese stole your money? What are you talking about? Well, this company, I said, okay, so you hired a company in China to do this game for you. Yes, yes, yes. And I did not like the way they did it. So they stole my money and they never finished the project. And I said, well, I need to know what the name of your campaign is. Like I pull out my Kickstarter app and he's like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, tell me. And I look and he was not joking. It was five years old and there were still people pretty much every day leaving comments like hundreds of people where's where's our game where's our product we heard you're out at conventions selling he had been making them and selling them like one by one on his own but he Mm -hmm. hadn't been fulfilling like the bulk orders from the kickstarter so needless to say i mean i i almost even canceled the movie but i did go to the movie but needless to say i've never spoken to that okay Wow. So, so note, anyone looking to date Leah, please have crowdfunding <laughs> morals. <laughs> yeah, seriously, seriously. It's horrible. Jeez. It's like the worst nightmare date ever. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, God, it sounds like it. Talk about like a, a fundamental <laughs> right? clash. Um, so just kind of rewinding again back to the guy whose campaign you sort of yeah. rejiggered from yeah. the ground up. Yeah, Mark. You Sultana. had him you had him draft personal emails to personal people. Emails. You had got you got his social media presence sort of social up and running. You redid presence. the video. We redid the video, we redid the perks, uh, we got a graphics editor, a graphics gal involved who did all the graphics. Um, and we 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 pulled the team together, you know, and a lot of people, so we pulled all those pieces together, right? And a lot of people think that that's enough. You pull all those pieces together. You have a great video, you have great perks, you get your social media running, you've got all your graphics and boom, you put the campaign up. Okay. Then what? Then you wait, right? No. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's when all the work starts, right? Right. That's when the real work starts. Now you're in production. The yeah. other stuff was pre-production. Now you're yeah. in production. So for me personally, I have what I call the five tiers of gratitude. I'm giving away all my secrets. This is great. Um, Did you create, this is like your brainchild? Yeah, I should probably trademark it. I love it. Because I've said it so many times now and everybody's using it. It sounds um, like the title of a book. It's great. Five tiers of gratitude, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so what I do, you know, you send out, so you send out your personal messages. Um, so as people start donating, and Kickstarter makes this easiest, and of all the platforms, Kickstarter makes it easiest. Seed and Spark has almost got it down. Um, it's about messaging. So when someone donates, the first step of the tears of gratitude is to send them a thank you note. The Kickstarter allows you to do that through their platform. Indiegogo does not. You have to get their email and email them. Seed and Spark allows you to do it, but you can't respond yet to the creator, but they promise me that it's coming, that they're working on it. So Kickstarter is the only one that has that Facebook-like messaging to it gotcha. so that you don't have to, like, why would you want to, like, why would you want to take them off the money page? Why would you want to take it to email? You don't. You want to keep them on the money page. Right. So the first step is to send a thank you note. Thanks so much for donating. And then you ask, may we have your Twitter handle? So then as the Twitter handles come in, now you're going to go over and give them a thank you on Twitter. Well, this does a number of things. One, they're going to retweet you. Their friends are going to want to know why they just got thanked. Two, they're going to follow you if they weren't following you. And three, it's just in the stream again, right? So now you've sent them a thank you note. You've sent them a thank you tweet. Then step three is your personal Facebook page. And all of the team members. So if there's four people on the team, step three is four personal Facebook messages. And you're going to take 10 to 15 names every morning when you wake up, every night before you go to bed. Take the next 10 to 15 backers. Thank you so much to our latest backers. If you know them, you're going to tag them. If you don't know them, you're still going to list their first and last name. It's the psychology of it. So if I'm your friend and I see every morning Trevor's posting, hey, thank you to like 10, 15 people, pretty soon I'm going to go, wait, how do I get on that thank you list? Mm. I want to be on that thank you list. Step four is to take it to the project's Facebook page. And we all know the algorithms and stuff on Facebook are less than wonderful, but you're still going to do that. And then step five is the campaign page updates, which is something so many creators don't even utilize. It's so important. Each of these platforms have a button to do a campaign page update. It's important for a number of reasons. One is it keeps your backers in the loop. Not everyone, especially your family members that have donated and grandmoms and aunts and uncles, they're not on Facebook and Twitter, but they, they want to be kept in the loop. The campaign page update does that. It's also for strangers. If I'm a stranger on Kickstarter, there's 35,000 projects running on any given day. So if I'm a stranger and I come across your project and I don't know you personally, I'm not on your Facebook, I'm not on your Twitter, and I see that there hasn't been an update in like a week, I might think it's an abandoned project. Mm -hmm. So every two to three days, you need a new campaign update. And then some of them, step five on the gratitude tiers, is you're going to thank you to our latest backers. So now you have thanked somebody in a thank you note, a thank you tweet, your personal Facebook page, the movie Facebook page, and the campaign page update. I feel appreciated. I know that my donation went through. What if I've never done Kickstarter before and I don't even know if I did it right? I know that it went through. I know that you got it. I'm now more likely to be a person that's going to share your link and I'm more likely to maybe kick in a few more dollars at the end if you need it mm -hmm. because you've made me feel appreciated. And 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 acknowledged, and acknowledged. Like, as an individual, yeah. not just a number. Not just a number. Not just another my five bucks. name has yeah. has been put in five different places. Yeah. Publicly, I've been acknowledged publicly. That's wonderful. Now, what about getting those people to to, to commit in the first place? Because we touched on that a little yeah. bit with the personalized emails that right. you've got drafted before the campaign. Yeah. So, 
where do you what do you advise people to do so you've yeah. got those those 100 personal personalized emails and then you know i mean more if you if you can um but for, then from there it's really just about daily content over and over and over again i consulted with a gentleman the other day whose campaign is two weeks in it's only a five thousand dollar goal it's two weeks in and they've only raised 300 i told him you can totally pull this off in two weeks while I was on the phone with him, I looked at his Facebook page. The last time he mentioned his campaign was July 6th. Whoa. Which was the day it launched. Which is like three and a half weeks ago as of this recording. Yeah, and I had a call with him yesterday. This is so... Mm. It's constant update because we're all busy. We're all a little bit like ADD and off on other things and whatnot. And so my rule of thumb is every four to five hours on Facebook you need to do some sort of update, some sort of call to action. I don't care what it is. It can be a picture of what you had for breakfast, as long as there's a call to action. Join the Mm. team. Every dollar counts. It's all or nothing. Here's the link. Never, ever, ever, ever make people have to go look for the link. If you're crowdfunding and I go to your page and I have to scroll more than like one or two things, you've Mm. lost me, you know? And if it's been more than four to five hours, you know, it's gone. The stream is gone. My rule of thumb for Twitter is every two to three hours around the clock, mm. 24-7. So that's where you get schedulings and programs in because guess what? When you're sleeping, Europe is not, Asia is not, Australia is not. What if somebody in Australia is looking for a project to donate to just like yours and you're sleeping so you missed it? Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't, it does not take a long time. I prefer Buffer, B-U-F-F-E-R-A-P-P.com. I should be getting some kind of kickback from these people. Um, <laughs> it's 10 bucks. It's 10 bucks a month to use it unlimited. You schedule out your generic tweets. And this, of course, does not take the place of in the moment, interacting, sure. reacting. But so you know that when you're in the car, when you're in the shower, when you're asleep, something is going out there into the Twitterverse. Mm-hmm. And Hootsuite's another good one. That's the one I use for yeah. a lot of different things. You know, I, yeah. I found that Buffer's a little less complicated than Hootsuite, but okay. more power to you if you're if you're rocking cool. the Hootsuite. I just want to give people <laughs> options, you know. I haven't heard of Buffer. That sounds, it's, it's, sounds cool. It's really simple. Like, as far cool. as, I mean, I opened up Hootsuite one day and I was like, Rah! Yeah, Hootsuite's got a little bit of learning curve. And they've got Hootsuite University or whatever, but like, there I don't want to go. go to a university to use a freaking website <laughs> to schedule my tweets. Or, you know, like, there you go. There's yeah. a university out there about it. There's like literally like barely any learning curve to buffer so in most Mm -hmm. of these cases somebody like especially someone like this gentleman you know who had no social media background and a lot of my clients you'd be surprised you'd be surprised how many people come and i'm like okay well how many twitter followers like okay what so what what kind of goal do you want to raise oh we want to do like seventy-five thousand. okay great how many twitter followers do you have i think i got like a hundred so that's like one of the number one things as well is to be realistic be realistic about your goal um in my experience it takes about 1200 backers to get you to a hundred thousand dollars so do the math and figure it out okay so 600 for fifty thousand. do you know 600 people that are going to contribute and if you don't then let's start your goal lower it's actually a trend that's happening right now is even with some of the bigger companies like Top Cal Comics just launched a Kickstarter and they set their goal at 10,000 because they know they're going to blow through that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's actually become a trend to actually put your goal a little lower or a lot lower and then have a, a, and a then break. blow through it. You right. know? And then have a, uh, what do they call it? A stretch, stretch goal. Yeah. yeah. You know, and every campaign should have their stretch goals. This was something um, I actually learned through Neil Gaiman, um, a famous writer. Yeah. Um, he's a uh, cast in one of the films I'm producing, Blood Kiss. We did a Kickstarter for Blood Kiss two years ago. We've 
our goal was 50. We raised 88. And Neil is going to be acting in it. Um, really? Yeah. It's going to be well, like his be first time as yeah. like a character. He plays a wacky director named Julian Cross, who only shoots his movies in the evening. Hmm. I wonder why. <laughs> It takes place in the golden age of Hollywood, too. So it's a film okay. noir, and we're still debating cool. whether it's going to be completely black and white or not. But so Neil is cast in this, and he happened to be on an email thread where we were talking about a stretch goal. The campaign was already launched. It was probably a weekend. And Neil said, wait, 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 what? He goes, if you have a stretch goal, you need to let people know about it right away. You know, it needs to be transparent. You know, you need to be transparent from the beginning. So my advice with your stretch goals is to create a graphic that outlines, you know, here's our goal and this is what it means. And if we hit this, this is what it means. And it's, it, it lives on the campaign page from day one, but towards the bottom. And then once you get closer to your goal, you're going to move that graphic up to the top. And then once you hit your goal, you're going to start spotlighting that. So it's not like you came out of left field and said, oh, we made 50. Now we want 60. Right. It's right. been there from the beginning. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Wow. Okay. There's, There's a lot. So There's much so there. Much. I hope people were taking notes on that. <laughs> I know. Uh, that was I, a lot of information. I, 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 of course, don't want you to give away all your secrets, and we could also spend another day and a half talking about this. No, but what was cool is, so, like, recently I've embraced it. You know, I actually just launched a website for it. It's called greenlightyourpassionproject.com, and I did my first crowdfunding panel at Comic-Con last month or two weeks ago, whenever the heck that was. Um, and so I've been embracing, um, yeah, greenlightyourpassionproject.com. Yeah, I'm going to write that down, so I make sure and, we get it in the notes. Uh, yeah, I've been embracing, okay, you, you're still an actress, you're still a producer. And to be honest, if, I, if I'm really honest with myself, the opportunities it has brought me in the acting and producing world, you know, like people like Sean, you know, the caliber of people that I'm working with these days is much higher than had I just gone and knocked on their door with a headshot in my hand. Yeah. But now I'm you're bringing real in, value to yeah. the relationship. Now I'm walking in saying, I've raised $2 million. I'm also a producer. I know how to do this. Yeah. You know, and then I'm leveraging that for acting roles and for producing credits. And that's just smart business. Yeah, you know, it's taken a little like while you, to get to that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, there's the, you know, there's the, being an actor, being in this industry, you have to have that balance of artist and business person. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you got to have your business hat on a way, not way more, but a decent amount more than you have to have your artist hat on because... If you don't have that on, you're not going to get to do the art, right. really, in any meaningful sort of lasting way. Yeah, but you're talking to the girl who packed up her car with $300 and left Philly because she met Poison and thought life was grand. <laughs> who better? Because <laughs> you're still here, right? <laughs> who better? Um, okay, cool. So before we wrap up this sort of segment on, on crowdfunding, because I, I do want to continue talking about this, but I also want to make sure we have yeah, enough time to talk about the other things. Um, once people make their goal yeah. and they start working... Uh, on their project and executing on it and using the money for, to, to, mm -hmm. to make it happen. What advice do you give them on that part of the puzzle? Well, a lot of my clients, it's, it, it depends on your timeline. Um, a lot of my clients, though, have then gone on and, and built up equity. Um, the wedding invitation is a great example. They raised about somewhere around $80,000 on Indiegogo, and then they took a whole year to raise equity. And I, I believe they raised about another $100,000 in equity, but they treated that phase like the crowdfunding. So they continued to update their Facebook page with like the cool branded little graphics. Mm. Now we've raised 100,000. Now we've raised 125,000. Now we've raised 150,000. Um, so your campaign becomes such a calling card. Um, Nowhere Land, which is a film I'm a producer on, Robin Bain, writer, director, producer, wanted to go right into production. 
So we got a tiny little bit more equity and just boom, right into production because that it was burn. It's burning us, you know, a hole in her soul and she needed to get it out. And we're actually, I'm just finishing coloring and post-production now. We're going to be submitting to Sundance. And so you've got your money and you need to be smart with it. You need to be smart with it. I've worked with some campaigns who have blown through it and their project is two, mm-hmm. three years delayed. And that's that's the business sense that you're talking about. You have to be careful who makes promises to do what and what they can do. And, you know, I've, I've horror stories of people spending ten, twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 on someone who said they could do this, that, and this, and they can't. You know, mm-hmm. so you've got to be smart about it. And, I mean, I guess the number one advice would probably be to hire an amazing line producer, right? Mm-hmm. You know, someone that knows what they're doing. We just heard the same thing from Brandy <laughs> Ford in the previous interview series. Her thing, she was like, if you're going to spend money on something, spend it on a line producer. I know a few amazing ones. Check out Ms. in the Biz slash Hire a Ms. Our database Boom. has line producers there it on is. it. Yeah. What an easy resource to just uh, reference yeah, as well. Like, like just, here's where it is. Here, you know, there's, there's, yeah. there's people right there. You know, just look up line producer um and i guess and this is something that um robin bain just mentioned in in an interview we did a follow-up interview with film courage they asked her um you know what would she do differently next time and she said i would realize that i can't do it all on my own Hmm. because she took on writer director producer actress and production manager you know uh, on on this you know micro budget feature film that we just shot in like 18 days and it's gorgeous and it's going to be amazing and i have no doubt you know, we're going to rock Sundance. Like, I just know it. But you can't do everything yourself. That's why you raise the money, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> so you could hire people. Yeah. <laughs> and be fair to your actors, yeah. you know? Be yeah. fair to your actors. You've raised the money. Let's let's be fair to your actors and your crew, you know? Let's, let's do yeah. it. And, and be a person that is not, f- you know, don't put yourself under that stress because you're going to carry that to the production. And, mm-hmm. you know, like you could have a, a much chiller environment mm-hmm. if you were to just sort of delegate a little bit. Yeah. And if yeah. if what you raise really isn't enough to cover it, well, then you got to find a different source. Then mm-hmm. you do have to find equity and, yeah. and don't try to kill yourself. And, you know, you've got thirty thousand dollars and, you know, you've run out of money halfway through and now you're trying to get an editor for free or get music for free or get sound. You know, you've raised money for a reason. Make it a professional production. And there's there's so many ways to to cut corners, especially connecting with people that have been in this town for a long time. I I would say with Nowhere Land, I saved us at least ten thousand dollars on locations. And that was based on my personal relationships of Mm. people that I could reach out to and go, hey, you know, I know the club isn't open during the day. Is it okay? And absolutely. But then it goes back to what we're talking about in the beginning is relationships and people that you've known for so long that trust you. And then, of course, it's the web of trust, which I'm sure you've heard. Keith Johnson, uh, I think I think Keith Johnson, Bonnie Gillespie's wife, coined it. And it's the web of trust. When you introduce somebody to someone, you're giving them a piece of your spider web and either it's going to get thicker or you're going to lose that thread based on mm. whatever outcome happened when you connected those yeah. two people. And so we come, we come full, full circle then almost to what, what you bring to the table when you show up on the set of Deadwood yeah. as an extra. Yeah. It's like hard work, yeah. integrity, mm-hmm. professionalism, 
knowing kind of what your role is in the in and the wanting production. to learn, wanting you know, wanting to learn. Yeah, e- yeah, beginner's even. mind, eagerness. Yeah, to yeah, eagerness to say, contribute. okay, I'm going to sit here on set, and instead of sitting here on set gossiping, I'm going to be reading a history book yeah. about this time period, and I'm going to learn what it was really like to be a prostitute, you know, or a whore is really what we were. And I always, I know it's the truth, <laughs> it's the and truth, I, I yeah. always classify that because there's a difference. A whore, we were in a whorehouse, and we were being taken care of by Alice Waringen, and a prostitute would be someone out on the street. Mm. So there is actually a difference. We just learned something, everybody. (laughs) Seriously, that Sean Aston story is ridiculous. Yeah. It really is. It's 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 preposterous it's like no here take my take my money you start now <laughs> literally like here's some cash yeah here's some cash here's that yeah here's my password to my twitter account um it, it, i was telling you earlier like it reminds me of like this american life except to focus entirely on the entertainment industry because mm-hmm. you just hear like the craziest stories on that podcast and I, I mean anyway it's it's nutty like between the poison thing and the sean Aston thing it's like who are you mm-hmm. think, yeah thank goodness Thank, thank goodness she's providing like this really awesome, um, like you said, step by step information. Because if she wasn't, I would just be angry at her for being so awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, great, congratulations on falling into every cool rabbit hole that you could find in in Los Angeles, while some of the rest of us just step in poop. <laughs> The nerve. Uh, uh, the yeah, nerve. that's not I don't I don't walk around with that story. Uh yeah, I, I know, just, not just trying to make our listeners laugh. <laughs> right? Right? Oh God. God. Okay, moving hey, on. Anyway. Pick of the week. Okay, so subject change. My my pick of the week. Um this is for the conspiracy theorists. <laughs> Listen to this podcast. So this uh is a documentary you can find on Netflix. It's hosted by Woody Harrelson. So, you know, it's got a little bit of a celebrity, you know, uh, validation thing going on. Oh, I, I, I will say it's not the the highest quality documentary I've ever seen. Most of the footage is found footage, uh, except for the stuff mostly with Woody Harrelson. But it's it's a documentary called Ethos that focuses on... I mean, he says it at the beginning of the film. He says, not all conspiracy theories are theories. And then he just takes you through... All this sort of like fringe thinking about the way the government is running the country, and they go into nine eleven a little bit, and but but then when they back it up with examples, I mean, here's the thing: like on one hand, yes, anything can be sort of manipulated and twisted to to serve a specific viewpoint. I mean, if the internet has taught us anything, it's that you can, you can, you can basically make a story out of anything and make it believable. Like, right. There's, you can find evidence for whatever you want, but you know, this documentary really makes you think, man, it really makes you think. So uh, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, go on to Netflix, search for the word ethos, E T H O S. Uh, and Woody Harrelson, like I said, is, is like the main sort of figure in that film. Uh, or you can go to ethosdocumentary.com to learn more about it. And, uh, if you watch it and you have some questions or you want to talk about it, email the podcast or find me on Twitter. I'm at Trevor Algott. I would love to discuss these things with another curious conspiracy minded brain. (laughs) 
<laughs> what kind of shit are we getting ourselves into here? Oh God! You're like we. When, when did you say we, Trevor? This is yeah, all exactly. You, man. That's what I'm saying. You're getting me. You're getting me sucked into this world. Oh, that's it's funny. cool, man. You know, if if not for anything else, it raises some interesting questions that I think we should be thinking about as a society. You know, global warming, sure, okay, lots of evidence for that. I think that's beyond dispute. The, a lot of this stuff is still sort of questionable, but what if it were true? And I think it's it's valuable for us to be thinking about this kind of thing because it's so easy. We have a culture of distraction and a culture of magic pills and a culture of you know ease and leisure. Uh, and I don't think we ask enough questions as a society and I don't think we do enough digging and I don't think we unplug enough to really sort of get a feel for what is actually happening a lot of the times with our, you know, political leaders and things like that. So this is something that, to think about, but the stuff about the, the war in Iraq, oh man, oh man, oh, man. let's talk. All right. Okay. I'm done. What is your pick <laughs> of the week? My pick of the week. I mean, as as uh, informed citizenry goes, you know, it's a, it's it's along the same lines, I suppose. Needing to quench my thirst for John Stewart, the absence of John Stewart. I started watching uh, last week tonight a lot, uh, a lot more than I was before. Which is last week tonight with John Oliver, which is the HBO show that John Oliver started after he left The Daily Show, and uh, he does something a little different. He does uh, the sort of um, uh, what they're calling, you know, long form, what they call long form journalism, except it's not like you know, twenty twenty long form ju- journalism. It's like actual, you know, uh, diving into stories once again, like you said, Trev, that matter that should matter to us and uh he does it in the, the classic you know john stewart way in that it is really really funny and i don't feel bad about picking it even though it's on uh, hbo because most of the stuff is actually available on youtube, on YouTube yeah. um so many people like just take the um the portion of you know a particular portion of an episode and then and then upload it to youtube it's usually like the main story that gets uploaded so uh yeah you can just find on youtube.com just search for last week tonight if you do a google search for last week tonight um most of the um most of the youtube videos come up in the in the in that first search so anyway it's it's really funny and 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 will keep you informed in the absence of of the daily show for the time being it's funny that we talk that you say that too because it's like the news really isn't news anymore it's just like glorified fear-mongering and spectacle like it's all about car crashes and rapes and stuff and it's like you know on the daily show and the last week like they talk about issues that are actually important but they do it in a humorous way but actually it's in many ways far more informative yeah like i said when i when daily show was my was my pick um whenever that was a few weeks ago like they they did some study that found that you know the daily show viewers were some of the most informed if not the most like more informed than people who watch the actual quote-unquote news yeah 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 Yeah. and and on that note everybody listening to this go find the the clip on youtube that john oliver does with bill nye where they talk about climate change classic classic (laughs) classic bill nye was in my store the other day was he really yeah, he did you give was. him a huge hug? I love that man. I really wanted to, but um, I also didn't want to be creepy. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite internet clips of all time is him reading mean tweets, <laughs> where you know where, where they read mean tweets that people have tweeted at them, and he just on uh, you can on, find uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, I, it Kimmel. may have been like in 
in uh, in tandem with Jimmy Kimmel, but it was like a standalone thing that I saw. Sweet. So that is uh, that is Ethos, the documentary, and then uh, last week tonight with John Oliver. Two th- two things to consume that will probably inform you more than other things will inform you. Or at least freak you out. Yeah, or at least freak you out. People are going to think we were like super high recording this episode. <laughs> like just lit off of our faces. And every time they take, a, like, they take a little bit more because they go a little bit further off the deep end every episode and pretty soon I just can't listen to this thing anymore. It's just it's like, like inside oh climate conspiracies so for those of you still listening today's episode of inside acting was produced and co-hosted by me trevor algott and aj meyer jen levin is our production coordinator kapelli kubrick is our marketing and web director jasmine bristow is our director of public relations and deborah smith is our community manager trevor algott who who edited and mixed today's episode and composed our theme and interview music or did he? You can sign up for our weekly email dispatch and listen to all of our <laughs> recent episodes. We are on episodes it today, man. At our website, InsideActing.net. You can also find us on iTunes, and your reviews are, of course, hugely, highly appreciated. <laughs> Dear iTunes, <laughs> these two are on drugs. Special thanks to our sponsors uh, and drug dealers, Rehearsal 2 and VOToGoGo.com. And thanks to you, our listeners. If you love this show for some reason and you want to maximize its value in your life and career, sign up as a monthly member. Join us on the inside and get cool perks like access to our membership message board, cool freebies, invites to exclusive member meetups, discounts on merchandise, maybe a hit of whatever we're smoking, and more. Just visit us at InsideActing.net and click on the membership tab. I really hope there's not a parent out there who just decided to be like, I wonder what my kid listens to. I know. Let me fire up the old uh, iTunes. And, and the, the, the funniest thing, too, is that you and I are like two of the most sober people in the country. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I drank or smoked anything. <laughs> you know? Oh, man. That is it. We're done. For episode 205 of Inside Acting, I, I should say, change. Thank you for listening to. Thank you for continuing to listen. Oh, we'll see you next week. And in the meantime, say no to drugs. Yeah.